When I was just a little girl I asked my mother What will I be? Will I be pretty? Will I be rich? Here's what she said to me Que sera, sera Hello, welcome to You Are Gonna Be Fantastic. My name is Jenny Ryan. Uh, my if friend Anne is not here to interview with me, so it's me going solo. Um, I'm here interviewing two people though, Dylan and Dustin Williamson, who are um, two lovely young men who are stand-up comedians here in the city. I don't know them very well, but they I feel like they have uh, pretty exciting lives. So um, welcome Dylan and Dustin. Huh? Thanks Yay. for having us. Yay. Yay. Lovely, not so young men. Yes. <laughs> we How, once were yeah. 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 How old are but you anyway? We are 31. Yeah. But like, I always forget how old I am, actually. Yeah. yeah. Like, am I 30? After I'm, I turn 30, I'm like, yeah. How, uh, which one of you is older? I am 20 minutes older. Dylan is 20 minutes older. Did your mom know she was pregnant with twins, or was you a surprise? No, uh, she didn't, actually. <gasps> like, are you serious? Dylan was actually born, and then... They're like they're like sewing my mom off, <gasps> and then they're like, "Oh wait, there's another child in here." No. <laughs> yeah, it was a big screw yeah. up from like the. Holy cow! Yeah, and like uh, I had like possible. a 50-50 chance of living because like I, I was like four pounds. I don't know how many ounces, but as as small, and Dylan was only five pounds. Wow, we're yeah. getting straight to it—the hard stuff right now. So but, you almost died. Yeah, almost died, and if I would have died, there would have been like some doctor losing his job probably. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we, like, in the ultrasounds, they took ultrasounds, and I guess we were, like, back-to-back, and our heartbeats were in sync or something. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, we were so tight back then. Oh, <laughs> and so do you, so you guys still like each other? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's the I like Dylan, anyway. Yeah. Oh, my God. I like Dustin. That's super cute. Oh, my God, that's adorable. Okay, so you, um, when you were five... No, not when you were five. Oh, I haven't done this in so long. I forgot the order <laughs> of the questions. Save that for later. Right. When you were like 17 or 18, you had graduated from high school, I presumably. Uh, yeah. Um, you were on the road to adulthood. What did you think you were going to do? Did you share a dream? Did you have individual dreams? What did you want to do? Where did you think you were going to go with your life? Oh, man. <laughs> I was so all over the map when I was uh, going to university. That's why I took, uh, took just sciences in university because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this, but I, I figure it's a prereq for just about anything, or like it could be at least, it could be a, what's not a prereq? <laughs> just a nothing class. Like, uh, this is a question. Like <laughs> like, a, like a whatever science class? Yeah, like you know how in university pretty much half your classes could be anything? Sure. <laughs> they like, they okay. just need you filler. So I was like, oh, all these sciences. They'll either be a prereq for what something I'd like to do, or they'll they'll be filler at least. You know, like they won't be wasted. They were all wasted. Wasted. Cause yeah. Because yeah. I did not do anything with them. But yeah, well, uh, I didn't do anything with my university classes either. Um, when I was like seventeen or eighteen, I thought I was going to be an inventor. Okay. Because <laughs> like, yeah. apparently I watched a lot of animated movies because that's what <laughs> that's <laughs> every right. single protagonist in an animated movie wants to be an inventor of some sort yeah uh, but yeah that's what i wanted to be but uh yeah uh my second year of engineering is what i took in university um like my grades went way down and uh 
I would have had to like retake a whole bunch of classes. And I was like, mm, I'm, I don't think I want to be an uh, engineer anymore. So you, you did you guys talk about this before you went off to school? You were like, let's go be scientists. Um, we didn't really like, talk about it. Like we just kind of, I think we we're just doing it because like that's kind of what people expected of us. Okay. Like, like if you do well in school, you have to go to university and you have to go into engineering or yeah, or <laughs> arts and sciences. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was like taking physics and I was taking biology. I was taking like sciences that did not overlap at all. <laughs> that sounds really boring and awful to me. It was, uh, I loved it. Actually. Like I like sciences. I just don't think I'd like being a scientist. Well, you have the hair for it. I gotta I say, very yeah. curly hair. Yeah. So um, did you drop out? What happened? Yeah, I dropped out. I you dropped out. Right Dustin after my out. second year, yeah. Okay. I, I dropped out as well. Like, uh, half a year before Dustin did. Okay. And I went to the rigs because I was broke and I was in debt <laughs> from my first year and a half of university. It's like 10 grand in debt. And uh, I just needed money because I couldn't afford to go to university anymore because uh, I wasn't taking enough classes to get a student loan. Oh. And I didn't realize that. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll drop this one class because I was taking nuclear physics or modern physics and I was taking it and I was like oh my god like there's no way I'll ever use this unless I'm a physicist which I don't want to be <laughs> so I dropped that and then I was down to only two classes because I didn't know what I wanted to do with any of these classes and then I realized uh, that I wasn't going to get a student loan that year because uh I didn't have three classes and I didn't really look into it before I dropped the physics. <laughs> I probably would have kept the physics had I known I wouldn't get a student loan without it. And then I was like, oh, I need money right now. So went and rigged. <laughs> so did you, you went and rigged. So for people who aren't unfamiliar, that means you worked like the oil field, right? Yeah, like I worked on a, on an oil rig. So it's basically like <laughs> the roughest work. But yeah. It, it, it was hard work, but it was fun. Like it's kind of like being on a hockey team. You got like your crew, and <laughs> like we're you start as like a roughneck or a lee sand, so you're like bottom of the totem pole. So you take a lot of shit, but like it's kind of like buddy buddy though too. Right. Uh, unless you're on a shitty crew, which I was sometimes. <laughs> and this was in Alberta. Uh, it was Alberta and BC, and yeah, that's where I, my first job was in Hamburg, Saskatchewan, which is like. It's just basically an oil rig, I think, up in northern Saskatchewan. <laughs> I don't think there's anything else. <laughs> it's an oil rig with a bar oh. and, a, and a gas station. Yeah, well, like, there, <laughs> there's no gas station. There's no, like, it's literally just like an oil camp. It's like a big camp. Wow. And, yeah. and what did you do? Your brother went off to rig. What yeah, did you do? Yeah, uh, after I was done university, I went off and rigged with him. <laughs> oh, yeah, so your we, heart's beating in sync yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, we were uh, a roughneck. <laughs> Uh, team, team. Yeah. yeah, with like the worst cheesy mustaches ever, and yeah, on no purpose, like, or ironically, like, ironically, did they Mine guys... was on purpose? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So that's uh, that's how we spent our early twenties. Was it's riggers, uh, yeah, yeah. It's rigging and and the then... two gentlest riggers. Well, yeah, <laughs> just, I can't imagine. Dash. I can't even imagine the two of you rigging. It's just like. <laughs> You're such a sweet... Well, I don't... Like I say, I don't actually know you. You could be super intense, like... <laughs> We're just intense sociopaths. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so so you're not reading now. 
So uh, what happened? What happened next? Like what? What was the next thing? Like how, why did you stop rigging? Uh, my girlfriend at the time. Was she a rigger too? Yeah, she was a rigger too. No, she. Oh, she wasn't. <laughs> oh, I, no, she wasn't. Uh, no, there was. I had never met one woman who rigged <laughs> the whole time I rigged. Oh wow. Uh, but uh, yeah, my girlfriend at the time was in university, so and it was pretty rough on the relationship. Well, like, yeah. Me being gone for two weeks and then back for one, and it was rough. So I decided to get a job in the city, and I, uh, I, what did I do? I sold appliances at Future Shop, which mm. uh, is uh, <laughs> is actually like the best paying job I've ever had, other other than rigging. So I was like 20 and it was, it was like pretty good money. It was like 40 grand a year or something. Wow. Like so <laughs> I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. Like yeah. it's boring, but it's pretty good money. So did it, was it like a commission? Like you just, you made that much cause you were really good. Uh, I wasn't like, I was fairly good, but I wasn't like the best salesman at future shop. Like some people make 60 grand or 70 grand. Well, wow, those people have more respect for me than they do. <laughs> Not because they make a lot of money, but I mean, that's skill. Yeah, well, like, they're also selling computers and stuff right, that's yeah. easy to make money off of, or TVs. Right. <laughs> like, there's some departments in Future Shop that will make, like, back when there was Future Shops, <laughs> that they'd make, like, so much more money than the rest of the, oh. the store. Like, there's people who were basically just, like, they ran tills, and they made minimum wage. Yeah. And then there's someone who sold, like, big screen TVs and they'd make like a grand in a day. <laughs> so would there be rivalries between departments? Uh, not really, but there'd be rivalries within a department because right. like one guy would be like, oh, you scooped my TV or whatever. Oh, like, yeah. There's disputes. and. So is this where you learn to hustle? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> not really. <laughs> like the, the appliance department wasn't really a hustling. <laughs> I see you line up that dryer if you want it, don't you? Don't yeah. you? Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty. Uh, it's a pretty nothing job. Like, if I could go back, I would. I wouldn't be working there, and I'd be working towards something. So important. you were you were doing that for love. You yeah. you were just doing that. How long did you do it for? Oh God, like two or three years. Oh my God, that you must Too have long. really liked this girl. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. That's my first uh, love. She was my high school girlfriend, and then we, oh, wow. we were together for like eight years. So. That's not okay. So it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty serious. Uh, pretty serious, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and just before we quit the rigs, uh, Dylan actually crushed his finger. <gasps> oh, yeah. In a, oh, my in a God. Pipe Look at that. Yeah, You're so, deformed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very slightly deformed. Yeah, it's yeah. like most people don't notice it until I... So you couldn't really work anyway. Uh, I was working with like I crushed it and I was working the day, the next day. Oh my god! Okay. So it was it was uh it was like I couldn't do what I normally would do, but I was just like washing with one hand basically because <laughs> I had an IV in my arm <laughs> while I was rigging like. I was hooked up to an IV while I was rigging. Was there like a doctor on site or was it just like, someone was a designated like first aider? They have a medic like on the rig that has their own shack and someone gets hurt, they... Why has there not been a sitcom about this yet? Uh, there, there is one that's written and then, uh, actually I have a buddy who's a rigger and he's like 
a perfect rigger. Like he's built for rigging. He's just like this big, loud, hyper extroverted, like wild man. And he's like, uh, he's writing a screenplay. Like he's written a, a couple episodes of a show about rigging, and it's exactly what rigging yeah, is. Yeah. Just like crazy shenanigans and people like beating piss tests like because <laughs> like everyone has to get piss tests for drugs but the thing is they tell all the workers when there's going to be a piss test so everyone passes even though none of them should yeah. <laughs> because otherwise they wouldn't have any workers. they wouldn't right. have right. any yeah they wouldn't have had yeah. any workers would be shut down if piss tests actually worked right <laughs> yeah Okay, so you quit too, like, yeah. you, like just because your hearts beat together or um, because you wanted to? Like, it's because I wanted to, because, okay. uh, well, like, when you start going onto the rigs, you think, okay, I'm going to go there because I'm going to make all this money and it's going to be awesome, but, like, as you work on the rigs, you realize that nobody's saving any money whatsoever. It's yeah. like, you just, like, buy a fancier truck and then, yeah. then work to pay off that truck. Right. And then, you're working two uh, weeks on, one week off, and so you're really only living like one week out of every three weeks. And yeah, the other two weeks you're working twelve-hour days, and like seven hours, or seven days a week. So. And you can't like use your arms when you're not working because they're like all just messed up from work, and yeah, it's just <laughs> it's no fun. <laughs> My arms were like numb for the first half a year that I rigged just from overusing them. Yeah. Like, my arms just were completely numb the whole time. Just, uh... That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and it's like... We were in such good shape, though. <laughs> so wiry. Yeah. So you so you quit, too. Did you... What did you do? Did you come back to Saskatoon and work at the Future Shop? Uh, no, I went and uh, started bartending. Oh. So I was working at uh, a bar that's hooked up to the Best Western on Idlewild. It was called Partners at that time. <laughs> now I believe it's called, like... Twisters or something like that. It's it was a really classy bar. Yeah, was, uh, yeah. <laughs> lots of classy clientele, and uh, yeah, it was awesome. And then uh, I started working at uh, Sports on Tap, which is in Prairieland. And uh, yeah, it was, I worked there for four years, and that's where I ended my bartending uh, life, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, that's where I met my. Uh, the mother of Ivy, my daughter, and uh, when uh, Ivy's mom got pregnant with Ivy, that's when I realized, oh, I have to get like a real job that's not yeah. just like serving people drinks. Right. And uh, yeah, I guess, do you have any questions about that? I feel like I'm just like running through my history with no detail or anything. Oh, how, how, did, your, how did your job at, uh, at the... <laughs> The first bartending job. How did that end? Was that like a good end? Or? <laughs> no, that was a bad end. Um, when I was working, did you throw a drink in someone's face? Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, when I was working, there was like a uh, what do you call it? A safe in the back where you get like money for the till, and two thousand bucks went missing from that. Okay, we'll just wait for the Sorry. water to get poured. <laughs> taking yeah okay so two thousand bucks went missing from that one night while i was working and they have like no security cameras or no way of like um keeping track of where that money could have went so wow yeah so the manager at the time he like had to fire me of course because like is owned by best western so he like fired me and simultaneously got me a job at 
at Sports on Tap oh, okay. because his son was running that bar. Well, so, that's good. Yeah, so it worked out all right. Yeah, it got you out of there. Yeah, it got me out of nice. partners, which is good. But and no one ever knew that you'd really committed the crime. Yeah, no, nobody <laughs> was the wiser. Uh, yeah, you had to pay off those rigging debts. Yeah, you had to pay for that truck somehow. So you had a baby. Yeah. So that kind of was like, so what did you think you were going to be doing? Like you were like you were just working at Future Shop for love. You were working at Sports on Tap for love. <laughs> did you have like goals you were hoping to achieve that you were, you couldn't? Like what was the, what did you envision doing? Like your family owns a farm, right? Like did you think at some point you'd go back and run the farm? No. no. Like if we wanted to, we could have. Uh, his dad wanted someone to take over the farm. Right. Which like... If we were different people, that would have been a good option. <laughs> but yeah. it's it's not uh, really us. Like I like the farm, but if the farm was in the city, then yeah, we'd right. totally yeah, be right. there. Like it's a great life, but yeah, yeah. So uh, well, during that time, like we were uh, we were like writing songs and like um, yeah. trying to get like a band together, and like that's kind of what our ambition, like the ambitious part of us, was like. Writing a whole bunch of songs. Yeah, yeah, just trying to get that going. That was our kind of our direction. Yeah. Yeah, because... Yeah. That's it, kind of what we're so, doing with our life. Is, yeah. what, was so, your, what was your band called? We didn't... Well, eventually we got our band going, and it's called uh, Swagger and the Choir Boys. <laughs> Swagger and the Choir Boys? Yeah. It wasn't called, like, One Heartbeat? <laughs> That, that was, was going to be our first album. album. Yeah, oh, was it? Heartbeat, yeah. Um, seriously, or are you no. joking? Okay. Um, well, it's going to be a two-sided album. And it's going to be back to back. Oh. Okay. So you were called. Uh, so did you? Did you? Did you play shows as uh, Swagger and the Choir Boys? Uh, yeah, we, we did some shows. And who was the lead singer? Me and Dylan were both the lead singers, mm-hmm. and uh, we both played guitar. And uh, so it was yeah. an egalitarian. Uh, yeah, like you know, we, we shared sure. everything yeah. in the band, we're like yeah, and then uh, groupies, guitar <laughs> picks, yeah, venereal disease. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. did you did you have other people in the band with you? Yeah, there was uh, five people in the band. Yeah, our drummer was uh, a character named Andrew Taylor, who still lives in the city, and he's uh, he's a uh, actor and uh, director. He writes plays and. Uh, he actually, um, I think tonight is the last night Today of... Today is the last day of uh, Southern Dandy oh, 75. Oh, yeah. His right. play then. Yeah. Just, yeah. His most recent play. Yeah. Super talented right. drummer. So you guys actor. thought you were going to, like, make it? Uh, uh, like, not... We weren't really that confident. But. Yeah, we were kind of uh, shut down by then. Like, <laughs> we knew what we were as far as musicians, which is not, like... Probably not going to make it, but we were going to have fun. Yeah. So you were, so you didn't really, you, like, you weren't pursuing a goal. Yeah, nothing, like, hard. Like, we okay. weren't pursuing anything. We're doing it to, like, just to get our songs out there and, like, to make music kind of thing. Not okay, to so you were working and having anywhere. fun and then being in love with people. Yeah, yeah. we were just kind of directionless. At, okay, all right. Uh, that's like, uh, <laughs> if, uh, if we write a memoir, that's what it's going to be called. Directionless? directionless yeah. yeah, those were the directionless years. Yeah. There's also some point where we did Darwin Bolt clothing. We started yeah. a clothing company. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was right after... When was that? 
You started a clothing company? Yeah. yeah that was like right after Ivy was born. <laughs> you yeah. started, you had a new baby and you decided this is a good opportunity to start a business. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, it was like a side project <laughs> kind of yeah. company that we started. And it we made like a couple different designs and then it never... Yeah, training. we're like really good at making stuff, but not good at selling stuff. We, we discovered, <laughs> like, um, like it seems like that's how we are with like everything. We like we're like all gung ho for the making part yeah, of it, yeah. but like not for the selling part of it. You you didn't yeah. learn enough hustle at the yeah, future not shop. Enough hustle, no, not enough future. hustle. I sh- uh, should have sold computers. I would have learned so much hustle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so so you started a clothing company. That so what are your parents thinking this whole time? Like they wanted you to work on the farm. Uh, do we do we talk about they're that? Like uh, they're kind of like you know you guys should get a real job. Like <laughs> like just work towards something. Like as far as uh, professionally. It's because we had all these like kind of passion projects, and yeah, then yeah. we're just doing whatever to pay the bills. Like Dustin worked at the R, the RM, just mowing bitches for a while. Yeah, like for the first two years that I was alive, um, I was like after Sports on Tap, I started mowing ditches. Because <laughs> that's the real job you needed. Yeah, was mowing ditches. Yeah. Well, like it was like a pretty good job actually. Yeah. Like it's a pretty sweet gig. But like just super boring, yeah. And it's it's seasonal, so you get laid off in the winter. Yeah, but just kind of uh, perfect. Really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which was kind of nice. Yeah, maybe I will start that again, and then I'll just do comedy in the winter. Uh, but what we where were we going with this? I lost my no, directionless. Uh, we be directionless. Yeah, we're directionless. <laughs> yeah, perpetually directionless. Uh, like. We've started so many things and that we just never right. really finished just because we're like, oh, I want to do this. Oh, I want right. to do this. Like, so when did you decide you were funny? Because now you're like, you're comedians. So how, when, like, when did that happen? Um, were you funny your whole lives? Yeah, yeah. we're always funny our, our whole lives, but we're always so reserved also. So it's kind of, most people don't see it. <laughs> like most people are like, really? You do comedy? You're, you're not really that funny. It's like... Well, yeah, like, that's true. <laughs> that's true. In most situations are not that funny, but, like, most people don't realize that comedy is mainly about writing. Yeah. Uh, it's not about being, like, a clown all the time. No, it's more storytelling as opposed to mm-hmm. jokey jokes. And, yeah. Like, we aren't really great storytellers either. <laughs> I think as, you as well. you've seen in the But when you write a story, like, that's the thing. You write a comp, like, it seems to me, as someone who's been doing it for all of two minutes, it's you write a story and then you tell it. Yeah. And, it and there's amusingness in it. Like, it's an observation, even if it's a two second story or a two minute story. Yeah. But that's sort of like, so it's yeah. about writing. Yeah, it's about writing. Like, uh, <laughs> I was at, I was having beers with some guys I work with, and the fact that I do comedy came up, and they were like, "Really, you do comedy?" And they're just like all staring at me, waiting for me to like start telling jokes. I'm yeah. like, "It's, it's not gonna happen." Like, yeah, <laughs> they're just, uh, they're like, "Really?" They're like upset that I'm not telling jokes. I'm like, like <laughs> "That's just not what I do. <laughs> I, right. I don't like tell street jokes. I'm not like, I'm not the the life of a party." Right. I'm more of a... Yeah. But, like, the ironic <laughs> thing is that most people who are like that, who are, like, the people who tell street jokes and are, like, the life of the party, aren't really that good at com- comedy because, like, they aren't willing to sit in a, in a bedroom for, like, 
four hours and work on crafting this joke. Right, right. Like, yeah. Making it perfect so that it'll work in every situation and so that people don't have to know you beforehand to know where you're coming from. And right. Yeah. So. so, okay, so you were, how did the comedy happen? Like, are we at the comedy point yet? Like, how um, old are you at this point in the story? You're digging, you're, uh, you're digging 20, ditches, you're yeah, bowing ditches. 26, I think, is okay. where we are in the story. Yeah, and that's... Are uh, you still with the girlfriend? No, I broke up with the girlfriend when I was 24. You broke up with her? Or... <laughs> It's not about who broke up with you, okay, Jenny? Oh, you Jenny? broke it's heart. <laughs> no, uh, she broke up with me. Uh, but it was, like, kind of mutual. Though. But, yeah. It, was, it had run its it course. Was, it had run its course, yeah. Okay. And, uh, God, what was I doing at the time? I was bartending as well. Did you, did you, did people just think you were, you were Dustin? Like, you went That happens at, all the time. So you were just, like, took his job, you took it over? And uh, just, like, I got a better bartending job than Dustin oh, okay. ever had. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I had uh, like I had some good bartending jobs, but every once in a while, someone will come up to us in like the city. They'll see one of us and they'll start talking. Like, hey, how's it going? And we won't have any idea who they are. Right. And uh, then we'll ask, oh, like, do you know my name? And if they do know it, they'll it'll be the wrong one. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And we'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm I'm not him. Uh, I'm his twin. <laughs> Yeah, I'm always paranoid that I am the twin that they're, that's they're talking to. to and then I'm like, yeah, I think you're talking about Dumb. No, no, Dustin, remember we had that night together and it was awesome. And that happened to me. Uh, that happened yeah. to me a couple times. So and you then were the life of the party joke. on a couple of occasions when I you guess blacked so. out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Just when we blackout drunk, we're so funny and so outgoing. Okay. So, so you are. You're working, you have no, you're, what happened to the band? What, what happened oh. to Swagger and the choir boys? Well, that was actually like, we More didn't actually get that band going until we were about 27. Okay. That was just before I moved to Vancouver was when that was all going. So yeah. why did you abandon the band? Because I moved to Vancouver. <laughs> why did you move to Vancouver? Uh, because I wanted to do comedy. So did you, really... had you done comedy before you moved? Yeah, we started doing comedy uh, about a year and a half before I moved. And Dustin started a year, like, Dustin started half a year after I did. So, because you were born second. Yeah. 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 So why yeah, did you, did. yeah, you quit the rig second, you, what, <laughs> yeah. you did all the things the <laughs> quit second. Quit university second. Yeah, 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 you just waited for yeah, your brother to do Yeah, just a bad influence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I don't understand, how did comedy happen? What is the well, Genesis story? Um, our sister was living in Vancouver. She was working at, um, where was it? Well, the mix Yuck Yucks and then the mix. Like it, Yuck Yucks turned into the mix in Vancouver. And she started dating a, a professional comedian named Paul Meyerhog. And uh, she brought him back to like the family reunions and we got to meet him and we we're like, oh, this guy's actually like a normal human being. Because <laughs> like, like, everybody has this preconceived notion that comedians are like, just like these wild, Coked crazy, out weirdos, yeah. yeah, crazy characters who like they're like a normal person can't be a right, 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 a comedian. Uh, but when we met Paul, we realized that you can be a comedian if you're just a normal person. You just have to write some jokes and go and do it. Yeah. So uh, we found out that there's a open mic at Bailey's, 
which I'm not even sure what it is right now. Oh, yeah. Twisted Kilt. Twisted Kilt or, yeah, Twisted Tartan. There's like, yeah. there's like yeah. two, there's two, two bars with like similarly yeah. terrible names. Yeah. We'll um, take sponsorship if you're listening, whatever yeah. bar you are. No matter how terrible you are. <laughs> we'll take your money if you, we mentioned you on our podcast. <laughs> so uh, we got wind of this and uh, Dylan went and did it first. Yeah, did we, you sit in the audience and support him? Yeah, I okay, did. I was good. his cheerleader. Yeah, there was uh, Des was Des Reed was running uh, kind of workshops before oh, okay. the open mics every week, I guess. So we went to one of those, and we were just planning on like getting our jokes together. We had like a big papers of jokes. Yeah. And then uh, at the end of the workshop, Des is like, "Okay, so who wants to do a set? Do you want to do a set?" And I was like, "Like a deer in the headlights." Oh. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> and then. Then I was stuck, like I couldn't back out of it. Yeah. So I had to do it, and I was glad that I did. It did not go well the first set, but it didn't go as bad as it could have. So it was. Uh, I did well enough that I wanted to do again. Okay. <laughs> and I did it the next week, and then the next week I got into uh, finals of a contest, a comedy contest. Oh wow! And so my third time on stage was this big finals of a comedy contest. And I didn't do very well, but uh, <laughs> the there's a the girl who did the best was Christy Olson. She probably had the best set of the night, but she didn't win because uh, shenanigans, shenanigans. <laughs> and uh, I went and told her that she had a good set, and she said, "Oh, thanks. Uh, you were the cutest comic up tonight," <laughs> which Aww. is like. <laughs> Kind of a slight, but it <laughs> yeah, backhand compliment. <laughs> backhand compliment, but it was yeah, it was nice of her to say anyway. <laughs> and then you were like, "Just wait for my brother." Yeah, just wait till my brother gets on stage. Oh man, yeah, he's gonna be even less funny than me. <laughs> I was gonna say even cuter. Yeah, oh, I see what you're saying. Concentrating oh, okay. even less on how funny he was. Oh no, yeah. funnier and cuter. Sorry. No. Yeah. It's tough. Do you do you have that thing where you're like, which one of us is funnier? Like, do you write each other's jokes? Like, I feel like you kind of have similar jokes. Well, we like we both kind of work on yeah. each other's jokes a lot of the time. So, just because two brains are better than one, so it's good to bounce. Depends ideas. on the brain, sir. Okay, uh, these two brains, brains are better. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> our hearts beat in sync. So. Oh, jeez, I can't get over that detail. It's so good. Um. Okay. So you went to Vancouver. Why? Oh, because you had a daughter, so yeah, you couldn't I had go. A daughter and yeah, definitely. Uh, babies ruin everything, don't they? They <laughs> uh, just yeah, like destroy all dreams. All kinds of plans. Yeah. Thanks, Ivy. Yeah, yeah. kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I moved to Vancouver, and uh, before I was doing comedy, I was doing poetry. That's actually how I started doing. Well, that's the second stage stuff we did. The first stuff was music, uh, and poetry like a lot of my poems were kind of funny so that's kind of how I was like oh I could just do comedy instead of doing poetry and trying to make it funny I could just do comedy and cut out the middleman Dustin were you doing poetry too no I was not oh. I, I never got he didn't do it long enough for me to to start doing that <laughs> there wasn't the six months <laughs> delay where you yeah. worked up the courage yeah all right yeah, I was like I was like in full stage, like desperation, like try to get my life together. Yeah, yeah. I have a newborn baby. Mode at that yeah, point, so this one was struggling yeah. just to live. <laughs> and you had the luxury of no children at that time. Yeah, so I could be like a bartender and do 
do whatever, just <laughs> bartend at night, write during the day is great. So, oh, like, spoken word was, like, your gateway. Yeah, it's my gateway to stand direct, up. To so, stand you, up. so you went out to Vancouver. Did you envision yourself as being, like, the next Canadian sensation? Uh, like, when I was moving to Vancouver, Were you gonna be I the thought next Paul I was Meyerhog? Gonna, Yeah, I thought, like, one year I'll be middling for sure. Because in Saskatoon, like, the scene is so small and like so you don't have to be that good to get on a lot of shows right whereas in vancouver there's so many middle like so many people that are about that are like amateurs and are trying to become middles that it is impossible to like unless you're really good at the politics of it you'll just like swim in that large pool forever and not get anywhere so you really need the hustle out there you need the hustle and you have to be like you have to be really funny, and you have to be uh, good at doing, like, asking for things is a big thing, which I suck at. So I thought, like, oh, yeah, when I moved there, I was like, oh, yeah, within a year, I'll be a middle for sure, because when I was here, I was doing so well. What's a middle? Uh, it's someone who gets to do, like, the middle spot at a club. Okay, so you're not so, a headliner. So you're doing, like, 20 to 30 minutes yeah, at okay. a club. At a club, yeah. whereas a headliner does 45 to okay. an hour kind of thing. Yeah, so you just... And so I was like, oh, yeah, within a year I'll be middling at clubs for sure. And boy, was I wrong, because uh, moving from uh, Saskatoon to Vancouver, like, the competition, it's not even close. Like, I could have probably been middling here within a year, <laughs> but there you have to be so much better just to like get anywhere just because there's so many really good like amateur comics uh like a lot of the amateur comics like they're so good <laughs> it's uh it's just so disheartening <laughs> uh, so yeah i remember uh i was talking with like ivan decker who's one of the best headliners in the country he's like He's about our age, but he's been doing it since he was 18 or 16 or however old he was. And he's, like, so funny, and he's so good. And I was talking to him, and he's like, oh, yeah, so, like, what do you plan on doing? And it was, like, within the first couple months, I was like, oh, yeah, well, I'm hoping I'll be, like, middling soon. And he's like, oh, really? Like, it's just kind of, like, yeah. humoring me. But, like, you can, just looking back on it now, he's like, oh, this kid's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. Right. <laughs> So, you, so were you, Dustin, did you hope that you were going to follow? Like, that you maybe, he would, you know, your brother was going to pave the way and then you and Ivy could, like, go out there and... <laughs> uh, no, I had, like, zero ambition of ever moving okay. out of Vancouver. Okay. I was just trying to get better at doing comedy here in Saskatoon and, yeah, just um, didn't really have any ambition to, like, do it professionally at that point because, like, it, it's... To just do comedy here in Saskatoon, it's really hard to make it just doing comedy. Like, there's only a few people in the whole province who only do comedy. Right. Like, there's, like, Des and Kelly Taylor, and I don't that's know anybody it. else. <laughs> yeah, that's it in Saskatchewan. So, you you had a kid, so did you, were you still, like, you went to school, back to school, right? Um, yeah, like, kind of. <laughs> I uh, started doing carpentry and like I apprenticed as a carpenter. So, so you did? Did so, you? But you did your journey. Yeah, thing. I'm a German carpenter now. Okay. 
Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, for the last four years, I, like, started doing carpentry, and now I'm a journeyman. Uh, I just, uh, I only went to school for two of the four years, like, usually, uh, for four years, you go to school every year, but I challenged the first two years just because I didn't want to do it, because <laughs> right. I wanted to get done sooner, and, uh, yeah, so that's where I am now, I'm uh, Jamin Carpenter. Jamin. Well, living the life. He did it. He, he did it. his dream. It's your dream, yes. You, you, congratulations. <laughs> Yay. You can pay your bills and yeah. buy your kid shoes. Yeah. <laughs> so why did you come back from Vancouver? Like, you just, you didn't... Because uh, you, you could have... Could you have stayed and, like, hustled? Or did you just not have it in you? Like, did you feel like you're just not good enough? Or um, you just didn't have the heart? I felt like I was... You were missing your other half of the heart. Yeah. Like, I was... I feel like I was getting good enough. I was starting to get good enough to be, like, a middle uh, out there. <laughs> Ivan Decker is probably like, no. Yeah. Still <laughs> Ivan not, would be like... Still oh, not man, a middle. Still not, <laughs> still not good enough. But... Uh, I feel like I was starting to, like, make some headway. Like, actually, I moved to the island for the last about half a year. And uh, I was doing really well on the island just because the island is just a little bit smaller of a scene than uh, Vancouver. Right. So I was kind of like a... I was kind of a bigger middle fish (laughs) in the pond. So I was starting to like win some competitions and do really well in Victoria. So if I would have stayed, I probably could have. I'd be doing pretty well in Victoria. You could have conquered Souk. Yeah, I could have conquered Souk. <laughs> so why did uh, you? Like Victoria's scene is really good. But so what happened? Why did you leave there? I wanted to come back and, uh, like my family really wanted me to come back and wanted yeah, to go and for set up stuff <laughs> with Dustin. Uh, to do comedy is like a duo act so we're still working on that but hopefully we'll get a duo act going and then then we'll be something that's different it'll be like oh there's two fish together with one heart <laughs> yeah <laughs> instead of yeah, uh, there's two medium-sized fish yeah so what do you think it is like um to be a small fish in a like to you here you can be like a, what is it like a big fish in a small pond yeah like i seem like a bigger fish even though i'm like a middle fish, you know? <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, it's just an easier... It's because, like... There's less heartbreak Yeah. to try in a smaller community. Yeah. It's it's a lot easier to get somewhere in the small community, but it's hard to get, like, really, really good uh, here, too. Like, I feel like I got better just because I was in Vancouver, and there's so much competition that it kind of bumps up your level. Do you regret not starting it? Like, is this the thing? Like, you, oh, you changed I, a lot of things. Like, you, you had a t-shirt business, and then you were a band. Like, is this another... Like, you were a poet. Is this... Like, do you think you'll stop this and do something else? Or is this it? Is this the thing you were chasing that you yeah, found? Yeah, I think this is the, the yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> you, you agree? Like, yeah. But, like, we, uh, we start everything, like, with the understanding that there's, like, a 90% chance that it's not going to work out. Like, <laughs> like we, we know ourselves. Yeah. yeah. But, uh... This thing, like, I think we're going to keep on doing it at least in some uh, regard. Yeah, yeah, some capacity, like, forever, <laughs> I feel like. Anyway, yeah. um, so I think this is our thing. And I think everything else that we've done in the past 
can kind of parlay into this. Like, right. Like we can make design our own T-shirts, which right is the part of making T-shirts that we liked. Because <laughs> like I worked at a T-shirt printing factory kind of thing in near the airport oh. just to learn how to like do the printing well. Right. And then I realized that it's like, oh yeah, this is factory work pretty much. It's like the worst work ever. <laughs> So you do you regret that you didn't start it earlier, or yeah, like yeah. if I could do anything over uh, when I started university, I would have started doing comedy. Like yeah. I don't regret doing university, but I'd also do comedy. At the did same you time. ever finish university? No, no, because you no. did your journey. Now, what are you doing to uh, pay the bills? Now I'm uh, I'm an apprentice electrician, and I started that in Vancouver because. I saw some, I'm not going to name names of who his old bitter comics are, but I saw old bitter comics that weren't funny anymore and they weren't relevant, but they can't do anything else. (laughs) Right. So they're just bitter and broke and uh, stuck trying to like make a living doing comedy when they can't afford it. They can't pay bills. Right. So I was like, oh, not going to be me. I'm going to start a trade just that I have something to fall back on seems like a very responsible prairie boy type of approach Uh, yeah (laughs) it's like i'm not gonna work on writing which uh (laughs) is really what i should be doing it's like writing sitcoms or something no i'm gonna be an electrician instead that's good I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's good to have a... I'm talking like a mom now. Yeah. It's good to have a... It's good to have a fallback. So yeah, I, my uh, mom's very happy with my decision. Well, to, yes. <laughs> I told my parents once I thought I would take time off work to, like, try writing. I was just like, I think I might take, like, a year. And my mother was like, well, what's your backup plan? I was like, well, I have a master's degree, and I would take a leave from my permanent unionized job. Yeah. That's the backup plan. <laughs> and they're like, no, it seems so irresponsible. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think moms worry. What's your master's in? Library studies. Library studies? I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, to be a librarian, you need to have a f- six years of education, so a two-year ma- two-year master's of library studies. It's like the second year, it's all like shh. Yeah, just shushing. <laughs> like did various shushes. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. So shushing and uh, telling kids not to read that. No, that's totally wrong. Yeah. No. The, the, the computers are not for pornography. Yeah. Thank you very much. As long as it's legal, I don't mind. Um, no, I'm 100% for serious uh okay so so what what do you do now i think we have reached the point you are 31 you now are here you're happy you live in a home together yeah (laughs) we're in bunk apartments i I live in the apartment above dustin do you make sure you sleep back to back yeah i sleep on my stomach he sleeps on his back back, um do you uh and you run a show you run a regular comedy show what is it what is the story there uh well, when we when I got back, there was we're kind of in a comedy boom, sort of like a resurgence, I think, uh, in Saskatoon, and we're trying to build the scene. So, right when I got back, I was like, "Oh, I need to start running a show, just so that we have a well-run show." <laughs> when you when you were here, and you were were you still doing like stand-up? Yeah, but there was like only one show in like one weekly show in the city. Yeah, that's Buds or like 
previous iterations of that. Like it was at Piggies on Idlewild at some point. Oh, really? Like they they picked every classy sounding yeah, place yeah. and then decided to have comedy there. So you would go to that <laughs> so and then kilt. So you were you your brother was off having this adventure in Vancouver. You're doing these like terrible open mics <laughs> with like three other guys. Yeah. And you're like, what's happening? Yeah, but like. Dylan was doing the same thing in Vancouver, except for there's actually other really good shows that he yeah like there's well. in Vancouver there's probably like twenty good shows a week that wow or maybe not twenty there's probably fifteen but it's uh it's still really good right and then there's another fifteen like terrible shows where it's like you and like five other comics and no audience whatsoever were you yeah. envious um like would you yeah like a little bit. But, like, did you ever look at your daughter and be like, oh, I love you, but I wish I could be doing what my brother is doing? Um, I guess kind of, but like... No was, shade on Ivy or anything. Yeah, no, but like it... Like, I was... I've always been pretty happy with where I'm at. Like, okay. Like, I've been pretty content. Um, yeah. I'm definitely happy that Dylan came back, though. Yeah. <laughs> That so really helps me. <laughs> did you was there a resurgence happening before Dylan was returned? No, like I think the resurgence actually like started when you guys started doing comedy. Like you guys are like the the lady bits, the, the lady bits, women. the ladies, the ladies. Well, really, Just, we yeah, pretty much the, the ladies. Yeah, the women have to pave so, the way for the dudes. Well, I remember because my very first open mic was your first show back. I think uh, it's one of the first shows back. And you yeah. did this amazing thing, Dylan. I don't know if you remember this, but I was performing with two other ladies, Courtney Lado and Dakota Hebert, who was actually here being quiet the whole time, except when she made coffee. <laughs> um, so we had this, we, the three women performed, and the host of the show made a really big deal about there being women at this open mic for the first time ever. There were women who were going to perform. And I, Courtney and I had never been to it. So I was like, really? Are there never girls? Like, there's never ladies in the, who perform? And he made such a big deal about it. And he was like, I want to put you in cages so that people can pet you and, like, see that you're real. Do you remember what you said, Dylan? I said, uh, it's not, like, it's not a big deal that there's women here. Like, that's a normal thing. Yeah, because you basically you got on stage and you said, I don't want... He's like, you said, before I start... I don't remember this, Dakota. He's like, before I start my set, I just want to tell you this is not how you make a welcoming space for women. What you're yeah. doing is actually the opposite, and I was like, "This is the pr- I this this is good." Like it was, uh, I I felt hopeful that there was at least one other person who kind yeah. of was like, I think the guy who made all the comments meant well. Yeah, he was like, "There are women here." He was really excited about us. He had his heart was in the right place. I was like, "He needs education." I was like, "This person does not." Yeah. So yeah, I feel like that day was like a probably pretty significant day because like I started and Courtney started and then Danny started like a week later and then you made the statement and I'm because I think if you hadn't made that statement, I don't know if we would have come back. Yeah. Because I think I would have been like, "Ugh, I don't want to have to put up with." misogyny and then you were like this nice straight white man who said the right things <laughs> so it was a good like it was sort of a sort of crystallized in that uh so thank you i don't think um, you knew that no that what you yet. said meant so much i Thanks. think the gentleman you were trying to talk to was in the bathroom when you made that speech and i think he never heard it but i heard it <laughs> so it was a good uh, thing to say yeah when i <laughs> i remember that said yeah it said that it's like if he was uh, on a first date, and he kept turning to the woman he was on a date with, and it's like, it's so crazy that you're here. <laughs> this is so nuts. Yeah. It's like, no, it's normal. It's a date. There should be a woman there. 
Yes. I like it. Anyway, so yeah, uh, so okay, now you guys run your, <laughs> your, what is your show called? It is called The Comedy Lab. It's at the Thirsty Scholar every Sunday at 8 p.m. And it's uh, stand-up, sketch, and improv. And it's an open mic, so anyone can do it. And we're just, uh, we're trying to build the scene up, basically get more people doing stand-up, more people doing sketch, more people doing improv. Uh, and you don't have to be awesome to start because everyone has to start somewhere and that's that's something that people people's egos can't handle easily is that when you start you're probably not going to be great <laughs> yeah I think that's the biggest fear that people have it's not like of getting booed off the stage it's like just not being awesome at something yeah. like right off the get-go <laughs> which is like yeah which is com- funny yeah like comedy's only place where it's really apparent that that's the case but like I think that's the reason that most people are so afraid of it. It's like you can suck at so many things while starting out, but you can suck like quietly. In, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at home or quietly. Yeah, sucking in front of an audience is uh, yeah harder. And like, if you're not good at music, you can play for an audience, and it's not apparent that they're not liking it. <laughs> yeah. Whereas in comedy, if there's silence, you're fucking up. Like, it's yeah. very apparent that uh, <laughs> that people aren't liking it. Yeah. It's like, oh, did you guys like that joke? Obviously not, because they aren't laughing. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, if people are quiet at an open mic for music, you're like, man, they really dig my They're really listening, yeah. Every rose has its thorn. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, what was I going to ask? Okay, so you are 31. You have a lot of life left in you. Your hearts will keep beating. (laughs) So what what happens next? Like, what is the next? What do you envision yourself? So you had not envisioned where you're at right now. I don't think you thought you would be a dad, probably. I don't think... I don't know. Maybe you did. Did you you want to, like, be, like, a young father? No. Okay. (laughs) So that wasn't... That wasn't in the plans. That wasn't in the plans. Dustin has a song about that. (laughs) You wrote a song about it? Um, Before... Yeah, no. (laughs) It's not a a lullaby you sing to your daughter at night. (laughs) Now he has a lullaby song. Oh. So do you... What is... Like, what do you envision? Like, what do you think is going to happen? Do you now have goals? Uh, um, Yeah, like, my goal... Like, I think Dylan's goal, too, is to... Like, keep on building up our comedy, like, start uh, middling and headlining, or start middling at, like, professional comedy clubs and start headlining at independent clubs and uh, eventually, like, start doing more corporates and um, start doing bigger comedy festivals and, like, start building our comedy brand, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, so we're... We're trying to build more shows, so we've got Weird Al Karaoke Saskatoon right, that we're yeah. going to start, and we've got some other ideas for uh, themed shows that we want to do, and we just kind of want to build up uh, the Williamson Bros Comedy Shows brand, just that, uh, so when people think of comedy in Saskatoon, hopefully they'll think, oh, the Williamson Bros, they do that, <laughs> that's a thing that's in Saskatchewan, <laughs> so that eventually we'll just be able to do comedy so you want to dominate yeah 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 but we also want other people to like start shows right so you would like to be good you want to you don't want to support other people it's 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 impossible to have just one big fish in a pond you need like lots of fish yeah you need need lots of fish fish. you need like smaller fish that (laughs) other people will catch and then throw back and then maybe eat other fish as well (laughs) it's really bad analogy but (laughs) 
<laughs> trying to shoehorn that big fish in small pond thing. It's not working. Keep working. It's, keep working on that bit. I mean, yeah. you write mm-hmm. it. Write it in your bedroom for a yeah. while. Okay. So what? Okay. What did you want to be when you were five? When you were little boys on the farm? Uh, you did not know about Santa. Probably would have wanted to be a vet or something. Something like that. Yeah. Something to do with animals, I assume. Yeah. Uh, like even when I was like starting university, in the back of my mind, I was like, maybe I'll be a vet. And then I found out that you'd, it's easier to become a doctor than a vet in Saskatchewan. So I'm like, uh, maybe I won't be a vet. Maybe I'll be a rigger. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're a vet in Saskatchewan, like most of the time you're preg checking cows and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. It's not, it's not like, oh, here's this delightful corgi that I just like. So when you were. His paw. <laughs> when you were five, did you think you'd, you'd end up together? Like, did you always, did your dreams yeah, always, always be yeah. kind of uh, a duo? Like, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, there was never a point where we're like, yeah, never, I'm definitely not living with you. Or Yeah. Like, we've always been kind of uh, like partners, soulmates, you know? Oh, <laughs> so sweet. Whereas like some twins like go through a phase where they just hate each other. Right. Uh, never. We never had that. We're well, there's still time. We're still young. Yeah. yeah. 31. We're only 31. Yeah, there could be some sort of great comedy we'll be rift. we 60, too, and we'll be like, oh, man, this last half of our lives, we've really hated each other. Yeah. Dylan's going to steal a bit from me, and I'm never going to forgive him. Yeah, yeah, it could be... That a... was my dick joke. You know that. <laughs> that was my small fish in a big pond. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. You know I'm going to steal all of it myself. <laughs> okay, so the name of the podcast is You Were Going to Be Fantastic. Um, do you feel like you are fantastic? Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like we're doing really well right now. Like, this is kind of where I want to be, uh, relatively. Like, I feel like I'm moving in a direction where where all my dreams are gonna come true. I just need to uh, get get through these next couple of years and keep building how I'm building. Yeah, I, I think know. we're definitely on the right path right now. Like, we're we've laid like the first kind of bricks foundation. Yeah, in this. Uh, comedy wall <laughs> why uh, i should just not do any <laughs> analogies they don't ever work out uh but yeah i think yeah we're definitely on the right path where we are like even uh we were just did a a show in estevan and like as like we were in the hotel and it was like we weren't getting paid very much for it but and we're driving like five hours each way but uh like I felt like we made it. Yeah. Like getting into the hotel room and like, yeah, we're doing pretty good. Yeah. Showing us a man. Yeah. It's the first, yes. And the second brick in that comedy wall. Yeah. That's yeah. the second brick. Yeah. So yeah, we're doing, we're doing well. We just need to uh, keep going. The first five years in comedy are probably the hardest. I want to tell myself <laughs> not the, not the first 10, the first five. First five. And then uh, it's all downhill from here. Just Yay. Coasting. Just coast. I, I do. Or push it though. Don't you mean up downhill is yeah. usually negative, but sure. Oh, okay, it's uh, <laughs> it's just an it's just an escalator from yeah, here. From yeah, here. It's an escalator, yeah, escalator starts halfway up the hill. Yeah, <laughs> we're just riding the chairlift from now on. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah thanks, Jenny. Thanks for having us on. Final statements podcast. you want to make to uh, impress everyone? Uh, kids, don't follow your dreams. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, follow your dreams. In your off time, but like have like a solid, <laughs> have a solid thing that get a you're trade. gonna get a trade. Like 
a good trade too. To not, uh, I don't know, asbestos breathing. <laughs> Is that the trade? <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Uh, and start comedy if you if you feel like you want to start comedy, like someday. Make someday today. Yeah, yeah. Make it make someday Sunday at the Thirsty Scholar. Yeah, at the Comedy Lab because that's the best place to start. And mm-hmm. Sunday is the best time to start. All right. Sunday is the day for laughter. <laughs> well, thank you guys. Uh, this has been Jenny, uh, and Anna's not here for. <laughs> we're going to be fantastic. Um, we have various social social meds. Um, as we call them, so you can email us. I believe it is why no y w t b f at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook. Um, I believe we have an Instagram as well. So and again, if you feel you have a story, let us know. We would love to get an email. We haven't gotten one yet, so we're just holding out for somebody to tell us that we could do a phone interview. Even um, we could travel to your home uh, in Estefan if you need us to. So uh, thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.